Good morning, everyone. It's so lovely to be with you today. Um, I've really missed seeing you all in person. Uh, the virtual world has been really helpful, but it doesn't replace our time together, does it? Let's pray together as we look at this passage. Father, thank you for being here with us. I pray that you will speak to us through the words of this psalm. Holy Spirit, let us hear your voice. We pray in the strong name of Jesus. Amen. Now, as I've chatted with people over the last few weeks, it's really clear that we've been dealing with this time in very different ways, both because of our personalities and also because of our situations. Extroverts and introverts are dealing with it differently. It also depends on our stage of life, though. If you're parents of young children, you've may been, you may have been homeschooling, working and being the main entertainment for them. If you're on the front line in hospitals, you will have seen incredibly difficult things that the rest of us can only start to imagine. You may have been living alone and feeling isolated. And with lockdown easing, you may be relieved or you may be feeling even more anxious. Some of us will have lost people we love. And even if we haven't been touched by the death of a close friend or family member, we'll probably know somebody who has been. Or well, there will be other painful times for us during, this time, during the last few months. Uh, it was the first anniversary of my dad's death back in April and my brother and I couldn't spend the day with our mum in the way that we had hoped and planned. And that was really hard. Tim and Donna have talked over the last couple of weeks about the Christian form of prayer called lament, which is more than just the expression of sorrow or the venting of emotion but it's the act of communicating with God about pain. Tim explained the difference between sorrow and lament, how sorrow tempts us to run from God, but lament turns us towards God. It's a beautiful type of prayer language. It's how we talk to God about our sorrows, but also, and really importantly, it's how we renew our hope in his sovereign care. What we've been through during this time will affect how we react to God and will affect our prayer lives. For those of you who know me well, you'll know that my time of tears and pain has been the year leading up to the COVID crisis, and it's had a big impact on my prayer life. I sometimes found it really hard to talk to God. Sometimes all I could do was cry. But what was really important for me was this, that the tears didn't end in sorrow. God helped me to turn the sorrow into lament. He helped me to talk to him about the pain when I could, and he enabled me to ask him for help. But there was actually a sense also that my heavenly father didn't always want me to be chattering away to him all the time. And what I want to say to you this morning about lament is that lament is an attitude of the heart. It's not just about our words. Don't feel that you have to be articulate to lament. God just wants us to be with him, however we are feeling, whether we're happy or whether we're sad, whether we have the words to say or we don't, whether we can speak or whether we need to write it down instead. And it's often during these times that the Holy Spirit intercedes for us to the Father with words that can't be expressed by ourselves, either through our tears, through our deep emotions, and sometimes through the gift of speaking in tongues. The key thing about lament is that we turn to God and not away from him. 
When we do the Alpha course during the session on prayer, one of the speakers says that he starts prayer by just bringing to God whatever emotion is on his heart. That is what he starts with. So if we're happy, we start with that. But if we're angry or frustrated or fearful, we start with that. And that is the beginning of lament. Turning to God, choosing to bring to him all that is happening, however we're feeling. God is not scared of our emotions. He is big enough to deal with everything we throw at him. We don't need to hold back or be scared that God is going to run away or hide from us. Now, if you're a parent or you've worked with children, you probably know what it is to have an angry child screaming at you. And we, even in our human weakness, don't turn those children away or refuse to speak to them when this happens. We let them rant. We let them scream and cry and tell us all that is wrong. And then we still scoop them up in our arms and tell them how much we love them. That's what God does with us. Just put that picture in your minds for a moment. To prepare for this talk, I was reflecting on which passage has spoken to me during the last few months. And it's the last verse in the psalm which was read to us. Be still and know that I am God. This psalm isn't a psalm of lament, but it's a wonderful illustration of our final destination in the process of lament. As we've seen in the psalms for the last two weeks, we first turn to God, then we bring our complaint, then we ask boldly for help. And finally, as we read in our psalm today, we are brought to a place of hope. We choose to trust, we choose to commit to God as we navigate the brokenness of life with him. Be still and know that I am God. I want us to take this verse at face value for a moment. Be still. Now this challenges me because I'm really quite rubbish at being still as my family will tell you. They often refer to me as their puppy who needs to be walked regularly. And I've often wondered why I find it hard to sit still and be to sit still and listen to God. And why my head buzzes all the time when I try and sit and pray. At the beginning of last year when things were so hard, I felt God talk to me about walking with him. Not just the spiritual type but literally walking. And so my walking time became my prayer time, my lament time, and also my listening time. And then I read in Pete Gregg's book, How to Pray, all about kinetic centering in God, all about encountering God by doing rather than just by sitting. Now, for those of us who are external processors and active learners, we often need to use physical exercise to calm our minds, burn off some energy and enable us to listen. So a good example of this is when I was logged on to a two and a half hour webinar the other week, um, all about fire safety in tall buildings. Uh, for the first 20 minutes or so, I sat there desperately trying to listen and I really wasn't doing very well and hearing what was, uh, what was going on. So I decided to give our kitchen a deep clean. Now it's a really good job that my camera and my microphone were turned off because I ended up climbing on worktops to clean the bits that were out of reach. But I can recite to you exactly what was discussed in the second bit of that meeting in those latter, in those then two hours. So I found it's good practice to try and listen to God, both by sitting quietly and by being active. But 
Because of my personality and who I am, I do find it easier to turn my walking and my cycling into prayer, where I can process things spiritually, mentally and emotionally to quieten my mind and to try and hear from God. And I'd love you to think about this. How has God made you? How do you best hear and learn? And how do you both best process your emotions? What is the best way for you to take to God your pain as well as your joys? How will you best lament? How will you best hear from God? But there's another and really important way to read this verse, and that is by putting the verse in the context of the whole psalm. And as we read the whole psalm earlier, I hope you all have seen another reason why I picked it for today, because it is a psalm that was written in a time of crisis. Now, it's okay to translate be still or cease striving, as I've just described it, because in other parts of the Bible, we are encouraged to be still with God. But when we look at the context of this verse, its meaning is deeper still. These verses have been translated as step out of the traffic and calm down and learn that I am God. Why? Well, let's look at what the psalm has just described. God is our refuge and strength. He is an ever-present help in times of trouble. He will be exalted among the nations. He will be exalted in the earth. So it's not just be still, but be calm and know. Know that I am God. Trust me. Find your security, security in me. Find your hope in me. Acknowledge who your God is. Be in awe of your God. When life is good, it's easy to find security in other things. But we're in a time when many of our usual securities have been torn away from us. It might be our health, our financial security, the security we find in others or in our work. We may be scared, fearful or angry. But this psalm reminds us that God is our hope. He is the only refuge worth running to. Our security is in him. He is our refuge. He is strong. He is our protector. He is present. He is higher than all else and able to rule above all. And how does God bring this security and peace? Look at verse six. It says, at his voice, the earth melts. God brings hope and security and peace purely by lifting his voice. Just like in the very beginning of creation, when the Holy Spirit hovered over the waters and God said, let there be light, and there was. And then he kept on speaking and creation kept on growing. All God needed to do to create our world was simply to lift his voice. And then we read in Mark chapter four, Jesus got up rebuked the wind and said to the waves, quiet, be still. And the wind died down and it was completely calm. God asks his creation to be still, to be in awe and wonder. And all he needs to do is speak. I am often in danger of making God far too small and forgetting who he is. But C.S. Lewis reminds us, my idea of God is not a divine idea. 
it has to be shattered from time to time. He shatters it himself. Could we not almost say that this shattering is one of the marks of his presence? Where else do we take all our grief and our anger and our fear? No other human being can cope with all that, but God is not hindered by our fear, our anger, our frustration or our worries. He brings us to a place of hope as he reminds us, be still and remember who I am. Be still and stop fearing. Be still and see what I am doing. Be still and acknowledge my presence. Be still and tell the world who I am. Be still and know that I am with you. Let's pray. Father God, you are the one who has spoken creation into being. Thank you that you go on speaking to all of creation about your power and your strength and your love, your great love for us, which you demonstrated most powerfully through Jesus Christ giving his life for us and through your Holy Spirit as you continue to bring life to us in you. Father God, bring us to a place of hope in you. And we pray this in the strong name of Jesus. Amen.